This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Evangelist Jamie Ragel. And it seems here in the twilight of my life that I'm hearing these poignant statements and truths that have impacted my life greater than I would have ever imagined. One of those statements is, you're only one choice away from a different life. You're only one choice away from a different life. Another statement, if you won't let God heal the hurt in your life, you will bleed on the people who didn't cut you. You'll spend your life angry. And whether you know this or not, you ought to jot it down, but hurting people hurt people. But the most powerful statement in my 63 years on this planet has been the one that I want to share with you today, but then preach a message from Luke 18 in the Gospels, several passages today. It's it's one that I wear on my wrist. Matter of fact, I got a t-shirt made of this very... I wore the t-shirt to Food Lion the other day, and a man stopped me right. He said, wow, that says it all. And here's the statement, eternity is a long time to be wrong. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in heaven. I don't believe in hell. I don't believe in Jesus. You better be right because eternity is a long time to be wrong. I'm pretty sure that I'm saved. And folks, let me pause right here. If you have no evidence of salvation in your life, why would you believe for a moment that you're born again? You know, how long have you been saved? How long have you been a Christian? I know people who copiously follow sports, religiously follow sports, They know statistics. They know batting averages. They know rushing percentages. They know who's who's in the lead in the SEC or the Big Ten. I I know people that, that have read every NASCAR publication, and those people saved for 40 years have never one single time in their whole life read the Bible. I see what I assume to be a father with his arm around his son. That's an assumption, but I bet that's right. And that's probably a daughter, or could be, or will be. Let's get it over with. What I'm I'm saying is this. Where do you think, and I know you, this young couple has this precious little baby, where, where do you think is the best source of information in the whole world on how to raise that girl? What, wouldn't it behoove every parent to read it? Why do you want your kids up and out of the house living in this world with no equipment to help them navigate through this life? The greatest influence in the life of a child is the same-sex parent. That boy is learning 
everything about being a dad from what's modeled in front of him. That little girl will learn everything about motherhood and how to be a wife and how to be a nurturer by what's modeled. Those things, ladies and gentlemen, will only have concrete and moorings and foundation if they're founded in the truth of the word of God. Give me your best excuse. I want to hear it. Raise your hand and tell me what it is. Give me your best excuse that you're going to tell the Lord someday when he asks you why you've never read the guidebook, why you never read the manual. Give me your best excuse. Anybody have it? I want to hear it. Somebody said the other day, well, I don't read. I, I dropped out of school as a third grader and, and uh, never went back. We lived in the country. I was sick. You know what? That used to be an excuse, but it's not anymore. With the advent of the internet and CDs, and you can listen to the Bible, you can hear it word for word, King James Version, you can listen to it. Yeah, you can. I came across a passage because people always say, I'm going to do that. I'm going to read my Bible. <clears throat> I'm going to tell my son <clears throat> who's not saved that he needs to be saved. And listen to this. I had a lady tell me the other day, she said, <clears throat> preacher, I don't want to talk to my kids about Jesus anymore. I don't want to push it down their throat and I sure don't want to drive them further away. To where? Hell number two? There's not a place worse than where they're already going. Your son is lost. Your daughter is lost. Your mom is lost. Your dad is lost. Your sister is lost. <clears throat> Do you know one of the most difficult challenges, and I'll bet Dr. Hoot would tell you the same thing. If you were to ask <clears throat> your pastor, one of the most difficult challenges for us as men of the cloth, clergymen, pastors, evangelists, is to officiate a funeral where you're looking at this lifeless corpse and that person did not know Jesus as their personal Savior and you have to summon <clears throat> some noble accomplishments that they may have, in fact, done while on this life and yet comfort this grieving family. And if those grieving family members are saved, they know that's it, I'll never see him again because he's in a place where grace doesn't reach. You have your pencil? I, I would hope you'd write this down. I'd hope you would. <clears throat> Tomorrow is a time found only on the clock of a fool. I'll do it tomorrow. Who said you have tomorrow? A few years ago in Cincinnati, and I grew up in Cincinnati, our family's all from Kentucky, and of course Cincinnati's right across the river from Kentucky. Matter of fact, the greater Cincinnati airport, which I'll fly into tomorrow to see my mom and my dad, the greater Cincinnati airport is actually in northern Kentucky. I got to thinking about it the other day. You know, you could get on a plane and never get off. 
There's, there, I, <laughs> I don't like that speech they give on there. In the unlikely event of a loss of cabinet, in the, I have an idea. If it's probably not going to happen, let's not, I don't want to talk about it. And, and place the gold cup over your nose and mouth and continue to breathe normally. Do you hear yourself? If I'm shoulder rolling at 700 miles an hour, I can tell you a word that's not in my vocabulary. And be sure you can see the exit and direct others to it. Yeah, good luck with that one. I see the exit, I'm getting out. You get yourself out. Oh, I'm still trying to figure out how having my tray table in the full and up like up light right position. How's that going to help me when we hit the side of the mountain? Well, I had my tray table up. I can't believe this happened. I know what happens, folks, but you can prepare and prepare and prepare and prepare. But none of us know what tomorrow holds. It's 81 miles from my home in Newport News, Bruce, to Buford Road Baptist Church, 81 miles. You know, a lot can happen in 81 miles. You ever seen, have you ever had a blowout? Anybody ever been driving on the interstate and while driving had a blowout? You know, your best drivers will tell you a blowout, you can't, you can't really plan for that. I didn't know this the other day. Any motorcycle riders here? Anybody motor, ride motorcycle? You know what a friend of mine told me the other day? He said, I was riding my motorcycle, seasoned rider. Been riding my motorcycle for years and I'm going down the same stro- uh, stretch of road I've always went down. Unknown to me, the neighbor had been cutting grass with blue grass out into the road. He said, Jamie, when you hit cut grass on a motorcycle, it's like hitting ice. It could have been an eternity. I want to read you a few passages and I want to give you just a few thoughts and I promise you I won't keep you long. Now, you probably won't beat the, Ch- the Methodist to the Chinese restaurant. They... They have an underground tunnel. I don't know how they get there so quick. In Luke chapter 18, follow along with me. In verse 18, and a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good, save or except one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, all these things have I kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, watch this class, yet lackest thou one thing. In other words, sir, there's still something missing in your life. I want to tell you what you need to do. Sell all that you have, distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you believe Jesus was saying it's wrong to be wealthy? That's not what Jesus is saying. How many of you believe Jesus is saying it's wrong to be prepared? No. Watch this now. The Bible says in verse 23, and when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, or he asked, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. You know, the thing standing between this man 
and eternal life, in his case, was his money. You know, I've never seen a U-Haul truck follow a funeral procession. You're not taking it with you. You still have your pencil? You got to write this down. You can have all the money in the world and still not have true riches. You, you, You can have all the money in the world and not be able to pillow your head at night. I, uh, I I was thinking the other day about people who have and people who have not. And do you know that determination for many is made based solely on material things? What about the man that lives here in a simple little house, but he has eternal life? Compare him to the man who lives on the golf course. By the way, is living on the golf course a sin? Is being rich a sin. But believing that your money and your bank account and the community you live in is going to keep you uh, from a place where grace doesn't reach, that's where you're sorely wrong, my friend. What is it that's standing in the way? You know, some people don't, they they don't forward think. You know what I call, what I mean when I say forward thinking? I'm going to try to look ahead and see how this decision might impact that. I was telling a guy the other night, he says, uh, we're having an evangelist come to our church. We really want to know how to take care of him. But it would be good because we have missionaries and gospel singers. I said, think about this. When that evangelist leaves the house, he drives the airport. That takes money. He parks his car at the airport. That's $15 a day. He gives a tip to the sky cap that helps check his bags. He flies often and spends a night in a motel before he gets to your venue. Uh, And by the way, don't pay for the motel out of the love offering. Don't pay for the plane ticket out of the love offering. That's something that you ought to take. And he said, well, let me ask you a question. Has it been a challenge where churches are not? Yeah, it's been a challenge. But folks, guess what I'm here to tell you? I've been preaching over 40 years and, and my bills are paid. My bills are paid. My cars are paid for. They're old, but they're paid for. I slept in a bed last night. There is heat in my house if I need it. There's air conditioning in my house if I need it. There's food in the refrigerator. Do you know Do you know that if you own a car, you are among the 10% of the wealthiest people in the world? Is there anybody here that owns your home, that flat out owns it, it's, it's paid for? Several people you own. Do you know if you own your home, you are among the 5% of the wealthiest people in the world? I was listening to somebody the other day. He says, oh, I can't wait. Next fall, there's a big concert coming, and it's coming, and, and I'm thinking... Don't don't wish your life away. Life is a vapor. Somebody's in a hospital right now. Somebody's at MCV. Somebody's at uh, Mary Immaculate in in Newport. Somebody right now is clinging to life. Don't put it off. Don't say you'll do it tomorrow. This man said, I'll take my money over my soul. 
Can I show you another gentleman? He's found in the Gospel of Luke too, Luke chapter 12. Will you turn there for just a minute? I've made an observation. I made an observation. <clears throat> Jesus didn't fare well with rich people. The Bible says the common man heard him gladly. Now listen to me carefully. Being rich is not a sin. But being rich is not a solution. I'll buy you a diamond ring, my friend, if it makes you feel all right. I don't care too much for money. You shouldn't know those words. You shouldn't know those words. <laughs> Do you know this one? She thinks I still care. I fell into, he couldn't even talk on key. How'd that, how'd that work out? Some ladies at our church, the music's always too loud for them. It's too loud. It's absolutely too loud. Blasts my ears. Blows my eardrums out. Of course, they're always sitting right by the speakers. Those same little old ladies, you take them to Branson, they're on the front row. Giddy up, boom, pop, boom, pop, my. I'm a sausage boy. Get a grip. Luke chapter 12, watch this story unfold. And he, meaning Jesus, spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying or asking, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. He said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. I'll bestow all my fruits and my goods. I'll say to my soul, soul that has much goods laid up for many years, take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool, you have your pencil underlined, this night, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. You know, I don't have to tithe. I get to tithe. <laughs> People don't understand biblical tithing. Uh, <clears throat> People don't understand the Bible because they haven't read it. You want to live a long life? Would you like to live a long life? Honor your parents. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God hath given thee. The joy of the Lord, happy is that people. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Have you been around those people that have made a career out of being unhappy? Everything's a conspiracy, man. Yeah, man. This generation, boy, I'm telling you. School is canceled because of high winds for the next seven days. Not in my day. There's a tornado in the playground. Everybody gather in the hallway. Put your books over your head. We're having pizza for lunch. 
It's the world we live in. And folks, it's not getting better. The Bible says in the last days, evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. Somebody's calling me. I'm in church right now. Where are you at? You're backslidden. You ought to be in church. Quit calling me while I'm in church. (laughs) That didn't really happen. (laughs) I just did it for the effect. I don't like to hear people's phones go off in church. Listen, unless you're a doctor or a drug dealer, you don't need your phone on in church. I remember 10 years ago, every preacher, Facebook is from hell. Facebook is from the devil. And now it's, join us every week for our live broadcast. (laughs) What a kook. You know, get mad about the right things, folks. Quit living your life unhappy. There's joy in knowing Jesus, but there's not if you're just looking at things. Hey, look what I've got. Look what I've got. Look what I've got. I'll tell you, when something bad happens in your family, go sit in your Mercedes and see if that brings comfort to your life. Somebody told me the other day, and he said, it's true. He said, my brother has money in a freezer. I don't know why he does that. He says, I'm telling you, stacks of cash in the freezer. Why? Why did you put it in there? He says, well, first of all, it's not easy to get to. It's the last place a criminal would look. Hey, you know what? I got an idea. Send it. You won't have anything to worry about. Send a missionary a gift. Help some kids go to Bible college. I don't know what just happened. Something fall off? Did I hit something? It could have been part of me, you know. <laughs> My friend 91 got married the other day. I officiated the wedding. Old timers, old school. Love the Lord, both of them. No hanky-panky before marriage, none of it. He said on the wedding night, we sat on the bed. She took off her wig, pulled out her teeth, took her hearing aid out, put her false eye on there, unscrewed her prosthetic leg, and I realized there's more of her on that nightstand than there is in the bed laying next to me. (laughs) These old bodies, (laughs) they wear out, don't they? They shift. You ever look at yourself in the mirror and go, what happened? I love people who, I really love people who are delusional about their age. I'm 55, I'm middle-aged. You're almost dead. You're only middle-aged at 55 if you're going to live to be 110. If you live and die like most people on North America, in North America, and you're 55, you're on third base. You have to get a grip. Some of you ought to try smiling too. It's a wonderful thing. You ought to give it a... But you know, I used to say that, but I don't even say that anymore because you want to know why? Maybe you got horrible news this week. Maybe you don't feel like smiling. Maybe your kids are breaking your heart. You want to hear something else you ought to write down? A parent is only as happy as their saddest child. 
I don't care how much money you make or where you live when your kids don't live right. A parent is only as happy as their saddest child. But I want to leave you with an epic story found in the Gospel of Luke also. Let me wrap it up with this. Luke chapter 16. Hope this hasn't been too long. My preaching's kind of like the fat man that crawled under the barbed wire fence. A few more points and I'll be through. <laughs> Isn't that funny? See, I can see that. Most people don't laugh at stuff. I have a different sense of humor. I saw the X-Lax commercial on TV last night. It said, X-Lax works while you sleep. I don't know about you, that bothers me. Get up, Mildred, it worked. In Luke chapter 16, watch this, verse 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died, was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. If you have your pencil, underline these three words, and in hell. And in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water for, and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, and underline these two words, Son, remember, that thou in thy lifetime received thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted. And thou art tormented. And by the way, let me pause right here before we read verse 26. For all of you or friends of yours that believe when a person dies that you can go to a church and light a candle and pray for their departed soul and pray them out of hell or purgatory, verse 26 is for you. And beside all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. And then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers there that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. You know, I don't know how our life would be different if we knew, if we knew that this were our last day. I, I've been writing and <clears throat> journaling and you'll find, you open my Bibles and I've got notes scribbled everywhere. One of the things I was <clears throat> writing about the other day is don't be remembered for what you might have been. Don't look back on your life and say, I wish I would have. 
This rich man found in this passage, I would imagine that in his life, not only would he be able to get a drop of water, he could have probably had a servant bring him water. The Bible says at the end of his table sitting around and was a beggar full of sores and he didn't, he didn't ask for a meal, he didn't ask for a room, didn't ask for a shower. He just said, can I have the crumbs that fall off your table? The Bible says the dogs came and licked his sores. But the beggar died, was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died. And in hell, think about this, you can have all this world's goods, but in the world to come, be destitute of the commonest mercy, a drop of water. A drop of water. You listen to Evangelist Jamie Ragel. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.